Good morning. It is Wednesday, September 27th, six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. A new NBC poll has come out and it says voters overwhelmingly say they trust Republicans to do a better job in certain areas. One, border security, also crime, the economy, and immigration. Of course, they also say Democrats do better on health care, abortion, the pandemic, whoa, 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 and whoa, education. Whoa. How could you do, do better, better on abortion? I guess the topic of abortion but, is what, what like they saying. abort babies better? What does that even mean, you exactly. do better on abortion? That's what the poll said. It was a smaller margin Can that you, the Democrats no, did better. Can you imagine being this pollster? So it's like you get the phone call, hello, yes, is this Harold? Yes, it is. Would you like to take a brief survey? Sure, fine. And you're rolling on, what party do you think does better on border security? Hey, the Republicans, what party do you think does better? Better on the economy. Uh, what party do you think does better protecting our constitutional rights? And then at one point, you have to actually ask mm-hmm. a person, which party do you think does better on abortion? <laughs> that was That's asked. someone's job, Casey. Yes, yes, it is. And they found out that it was Democrats. <laughs> Who? Yes, Democrats mm-hmm. definitely do better when it comes to sucking the brains out of defenseless fetuses. Yes, uh, absolutely. Without debate, without discussion, the Democrats are number one. Isn't it something, though? Republicans have been trusted for 20, 30 years to do better on the economy, right? And when you think about this, I I, I agree with this mostly. The border security, crime, the economy, immigration. If we could only come up with a Frankenstein type of... Uh, person to run for office because I think the health care and the education issues are also big and we need somebody who can do all of that. Yeah, so this was NBC News, just to remind everybody with these things that are favoring Republicans, this is not Breitbart or Fox News or whatever. This is NBC, mm-hmm. and they said oh, dealing with border security, Republicans 30% advantage. Dealing with crime, 26-point advantage. Dealing with the economy, 21-point advantage. Dealing with immigration, 18% advantage. And protecting our constitutional rights, uh, an 8 point advantage like i guess my thing is if those things are not the things that motivate you to vote then we've lost the country anyway if the border crime economy immigration and protecting and most importantly protecting your constitutional rights is not what drives you to vote then we've lost we have just lost the country period like we are done here we might as well pack it up and say adios i mean these other things to me it's like like looking out for the middle class and that's a statistical tie what the hell does that even mean looking out for the middle class like i'm sorry that is not the job of the government to look out for anyone now they look out for the rich people all the time that's also not their job but looking out for the middle class and actually we talked about this last night at the defenders of liberty speech mm-hmm. which you did a fabulous job introducing me thank you very you much we're awesome casey will verify to the masses because she's an intellectually honest broker the room was full correct it was sold they, out crowd they were actually they had so many people that wanted in they were asking you for a ticket when you showed up mm-hmm. to the door mm-hmm. which is amazing because nobody listens and yet people were willing to give up multiple hours of their evening to come see us and hang out with us the thing that surprised me the most about that is how you were able to stand up in front of that crowd for 
what, 30 minutes? Yeah. You talked we, for about 30 minutes? We had a rip-roaring good time. Not one note card in yeah. your hand. You are the opposite of Joe Biden. <laughs> Casey asked me right before I got up there, she goes, do you have any idea what you're going to talk about? I said, nah, it'll be fine. I knew you were going to go political. Uh, okay. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's what you were there for. You were to talk about politics. I mean, it's like going, when you come to see me in person, it's like coming to see the Rolling Stones. Like, there are just certain, <laughs> you're going to play the hits. You want to, you know, you want to see Satisfaction. Mm-hmm. You want to see uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. You, you, you know, you want to see all the hits. When you come see Rob Kendall, you want to see Rob Kendall tell you what's going on with the Indiana Republican Party. You want to hear some nicknames. You want to you want to hear what's what. It's a pretty simple formula at this point, Casey. And you played Satisfaction. Yeah, I, I did. Absolutely. Knocked it out of the park. Uh, about 100 people there. They were turning people away at the door. We could have done 300 people last <laughs> night. I mean, maybe we need, we definitely need a bigger venue for the next. My point in all of this is, and we talked about this last night, the laws are written to protect the rich people, and we shouldn't have that. But it, we also shouldn't have specific laws to say, this is going to protect the middle class. We should protect all the citizens, Casey, mm-hmm. the rich, the poor, the middle class. If we just stay to protecting your constitutional rights, most of that would take care of itself. Well, according to this NBC poll, Democrats are at their lowest point in history for protecting the middle class. And I think that's obvious to most people. Right now, they're in the business of protecting the elites, protecting the media. Uh, so I guess it's going to come down to what do people vote on? Right. Do you care about mass amounts, millions of illegal immigrants pouring across the border? Do you care about places like Indianapolis and Portland and Seattle and New York and, and Chicago being overrun with violent lunatic criminals? Do you care about being able to afford food to put on your uh, plate and, and, and a roof to be over your heads? If you... If you care about those things, you're going to vote Republican. If sucking the brains out of a defenseless fetus is your top issue, then you're going to vote Democrat. It is 12 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Donald Trump in the news, of course, again, a judge ruled in favor of that Letitia lady. And Letitia James? Yeah, that lady. Do that even, lady, that we, Letitia woman. Do we even need to say her name at this point? <laughs> uh, so now Donald Trump could be on the hook for paying $250 million. Okay, so Letitia James is the Attorney General for New York. She has joined the uh, just uh, good time fun gang of people who are trying to make it impossible for Donald Trump to get elected. Real? Is it re-elected if you were once president and then not president in between when you were running again. Yeah, I can think I get so. a ruling on that? Is that yeah. reelected president? Yeah, he'd be in the United- re-elected. Okay, reelected president in the United elected States. Elected again. She filed just a litany of civil lawsuits against Trump related to, mm-hmm. and this will be the first time in the history of the world, a victimless crime. Yeah, there's no one who was harmed or is complaining or raising their hand and saying Donald Trump related to these allegations has screwed me in some capacity. The lenders are fine and gotten all their money. The banks are fine, got all their money. The uh, things that he said he was going to do with the money, he he did. There's no one raising their hand going, I've been harmed by Donald Trump. And yet the attorney general for New York decided to pursue a civil case against Donald Trump, alleging that he did something wrong when the people he supposedly did the thing wrong to have said, no, everything's fine here. Okay, so he can appeal this, and which I'm sure he's going to. His lawyer has already said that, yeah, he's going to appeal this. But if he doesn't, he could pay $250 million in penalties, and this trial could start on October 2nd. That's like $250 million is more than it hurt. Yeah. 
So, okay, okay, so for those of you like, what in the world is going on? This woman, the attorney general for New York, alleges that Trump falsified documents in order to secure loans and mm-hmm. interest rates for various properties. Now, Casey, have you ever applied for a loan on a car or a home? Now, yes. I know you're very rich and you actually literally pulled a Brinks truck up to purchase the <laughs> mansion you're currently living in and paid in cash. Sure. But if, if you have ever applied for a loan of any sort and you have a loan officer because they like to give you the money, even on something like a car or a home or something not near the amount of money Trump is taking, they help you go through that loan like, you know, you're worth X, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Well, but think about like, think about this. Have you forgotten about that? Like they want you to be as creative as you possibly can. Well, because, sure, because they want you to have the exactly. loan. Exactly. They want their interest. They are in the business of helping you. And so in the case of Trump, mm-hmm. and this is much greater than what we're talking about with a, a car loan or a, uh, or, a, or a house loan or a home equity line of credit or whatever. Trump, and he made very, and this was very clear when he ran for president in 2015, he had to fill out that financial disclosure form values his net worth based on what he believes his brand is worth. So Donald Trump running for president or Donald Trump being on The Apprentice made the name Trump more valuable. He can license it on steaks and wine and Mm -hmm. buildings and Mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. There's no one, let me repeat, there's no one in this case who is alleging Don, this is not American greed or Donald Trump lied to get this money and people were not paid back. Everyone has been made whole. Everyone was satisfied. Everybody got their money. And yet this attorney general said, no, nope. no, no. Someone has clearly been harmed here. Who? Her. Someone has clearly been harmed here. <laughs> and, 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 and real quick, I didn't mean to cut you off. It really goes back to how Donald Trump can simply not get a fair trial in places like New York. He just simply, just absolutely cannot get a fair trial. It is 16 after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Coming up, we're going to hear from Rand Paul. He is just blasting the money that is heading to Ukraine. You're going to want to stick around for it. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. This president has been so zeroed in, so laser focused. <laughs> if you hold near and dear to you that you, uh, I'd like to be able to... Anyway. (laughs) We're going to get a lot done. (laughs) Fantastic, Kevin. That was amazing. Was that you? Did you do that? Yeah, I put that together yesterday. That was great. Yeah, we're going to get a lot done today. That's me when I stumble into the studio in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> we are laser focused today. 20 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And, and, and real quick, we should point out, it is amazing Kevin is even here because his friend was the victim of a brutal assault at that festival that he went to over the weekend. Yeah, we hopped into the mosh pit at the Viagra Boys show, <laughs> and my friend got shoulder checked in the face. And not only chipped his tooth, but his tooth got knocked loose. And he was like, there's just blood coming out of his mouth. And Kev was like, we have to stay. 
we have to stay and finish this concert. Well, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to go fix this up. And I think he just got like a piece of toilet paper and then put it in his mouth and he came rallied. back. He rallied. Yeah, he, he rallied. It was oh, pretty impressive. Wow. No, nothing makes it easier to pick up chicks like your friend having a chipped tooth and it the tooth is loose and blood is just pouring from his orifices. I mean, just what a... What a great way to go to a concert and pick up women, Kev. Mm-hmm. I bet that was a resounding success. Chicks dig that. Oh, yeah. Well, what did you do to help your friend? I asked him if he was okay. Uh, <laughs> I recommended that. I told him, I said, you know, it's it's really not that big of a deal. Now you have an excuse to get a gold tooth. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Was nice. it a, is it a front tooth or was it? It was a, a bottom tooth, yeah, which so is probably the best. Visible. So it. he is visi- going to have, have to have dental work done because that's a visible impairment. Yeah, yeah, he probably will have to yeah. see the dentist. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, speaking of someone who would like to send people to the dentist uh, and chip some teeth, Rand Paul is uh, not happy about the money going to Ukraine, Casey. No, he's not at all. And he uh, makes a point that they've spent billions of dollars. Nobody's counting the money. Nobody's looking for fraud. Uh, I mean, just think about this. United States is going to pay Ukrainian salaries, but furloughed American citizens uh, with the impending government shutdown. It's just, it's uh, proving the point. Your government hates you. Oh, absolutely. And the Republicans have made it abundantly clear uh, that the Ukraine is priority number one. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Democrats, and I'm not going to use words like money funneling, but uh, have a vested interest in Ukraine. By the way, Casey, what would you call it? I'm just let's just let's role play here on the show. Um, if you gave money to a country, and then a country gave money to a guy in cryptocurrency, <laughs> and the guy in cryptocurrency then proceeded to donate a whole bunch of money to the Democrats. Like, mm-hmm. what would you... It, uh, I don't want to use the term money funneling, but mm-hmm. what, what term would we use? Would we be going to the laundromat? Yeah, I don't... I just... I don't... Yes. I, it, I think it's money funneling. Is that what it is? Money laundering. Yeah. Money laundering. It's... Yeah. The point is the Democrats clearly have a vested interest in sending this never-ending amount of cash over to Ukraine. The Republicans have told you they don't care what... Zelensky or that country's doing with the money. It's going to keep going over there. there. There's no accountability, Casey. No accountability for this whatsoever. You, me, Kev, every person hearing our voice right now, nobody could tell you one single solitary with defi- with definitive with a definitive stamp, here's where that money is going and here's what it's being used for. They absolutely cannot do it. Well, let's hear what Rand Paul has to say. They sent $100 billion and nobody's counting the money and nobody's looking for the fraud. And Ukraine's always been in the top 10 or historically been in the top 10 for corruption. So now I think it's a huge mistake. It's, it's, there. it's an unpopular idea. And yet the leaders in Washington are dead set on ramming this down our throat. But I told them I am not going along with it. I will not allow my consent to let them push through more money for Ukraine, particularly when they have the gall to tell us they're going to pay Ukrainian government workers while our workers go unpaid. Okay, so the Senate spending bill, $6.1 billion for Ukraine. How much for the southern border? Anybody? Anybody? But it's oh, not that much. It's zero. Oh, it's zero. It's yeah, that zero. would not be that much. I was correct. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Like, But again, these people do not exist in a vacuum. They are not grown out of a politician's seed in the back of the White House in a, in a garden. They are... They are a creation of us. And, it, you know, we talked about that last night, that 
sitting around bitching about failure from politicians is not enough because they're always going to fail you. If you are not willing to get engaged, and by engaged, I mean start electing better people, whether it's knocking on doors, putting out yard signs, sending out mailers, all of the various options that exist, then you're just going to keep getting the same. Simply nodding in agreement at the radio show is not enough. You have to actively engage against these people because they hate you and they are working against you and they will continue to laugh at you that you are stupid enough to keep reelecting them. It is 925. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up, we're going to speak with Brian Baker, Bry Guy, your neighborhood Bry Guy. Yes, he's going to, the writer strike is over in mm-hmm. Hollywood. However, the- Kind uh, of. Well, the writer strike is over, but the uh, Screen Actors Guild strike continues. So uh, we'll have some fun with Bry that even though uh, uh, the writer strike is over, he still doesn't get to return to work. He'll tell us what the writers won, what they lost, and what the holdup remains with the actors. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here at Casey Big News. It appears the writer's strike is over and your favorite television show is just a few moments away. Thank goodness I missed them all so much. And here to get us informed of what happened and, well, who made out like bandits, the great, great Brian Baker. Of course, Brian has spent many, many years as a stuntman in Hollywood, now doing stunts in Georgia. Brian, congratulations. You can go back to work. Yeah, I can't go back to work at all. And did I catch a little bit of a little tinge of sarcasm there from Casey? Was that what I was detecting there? No. Are you working against us? No, absolutely not. I am not a scab. I'm rooting for you. Go. Oh, well, God bless you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, no, I I can't go back to work because the Screen Actors Guild is still on strike. and They don't even have an appointment to sit down with, uh, with producers yet. So, you know, writers can go back to work. They can prep scripts. But uh, us actors, us lowly stunt folk, and pretty much anybody that is uh, you know below the line crew, they're stuck, man. Because until writers and actors can go back to work, uh, it's not going to be any production happening. All right, Brian. So you're joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline here. You know I'm supposed to say that, and I forgot to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm curious, why didn't they work like in tandem? Wouldn't it have made more sense for everybody to kind of come to an agreement together? Well, I mean, yes and no. Yeah, they they, they quote unquote stand in solidarity yes. with one another. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, so uh, so SAG was being supportive of the WGA before they went on strike, and now the WGA is saying that they will they will be backing SAG as well. I'm sure that they will get it resolved quickly. But there's a couple of differences in what they're fighting for. Uh, you know, there was crossover with residuals. Let me kind of break down real quickly for you, if you're interested. In Casey, I know that you, that you are deeply, deeply entrenched in this yourself. Mm-hmm. Here's what writers got. They got minimum wage increases. They got establishment of viewership-based streaming bonuses. So the companies are now going to provide the WGA with a total number of hours viewed, and they'll pay a bonus on any shows that are viewed by over 20% of their subscriber base in the first 90 days. Okay, so, so the, real quick real quick question on that, Brian, just to make sure I understand that correctly. So let's say it's Netflix, and you've got a show, 20% of the people in the first 90 days that show comes out view the product, these guys get a bonus. 
That's correct. Okay. So it's sort of a way of, of doing a better job of tracking who's watching what and mm-hmm. making sure that the WGA can oversee that and make sure that people are still getting a, a fair amount of residuals for their work if it's successful. Now, you know, there's still all kinds of ways that the, the streamers could hide that. And this is only a three-year contract. Here's the thing that was a big sticking point, and I'm really not sure why they signed off on this deal. A big sticking point was AI. So both the producers and the writers have agreed that AI can't write or rewrite a script, nor can it be considered source material. That's on the producer's side. A writer can use AI with company approval, and studios have retained the right to train AI using film and scripts that they already have, uh, you know, that they own. But writers can challenge that in the future if they wish, whatever that means. So they've kind of cut their throats on that because it doesn't take long for AI to get up to speed and, mm-hmm. and learn. I mean, we've seen what it's capable of doing. Uh, they also established uh, minimum staffing for shows because now with streaming programs, you know, in the old days, Robbie used to have uh, like 23 shows. And Casey, uh, you know, you, uh, you like the Andy Griffith show? You can yeah, somebody sure. With, like, comfort shows like that. Yeah. 33 episodes per season. Yeah. Now you get maybe 8 to 12 uh-huh. with uh, with these streaming shows. And so they have minimum uh, staffing requirements that increase based on the number of episodes. So if you've got five episodes, then you have to have uh, or excuse me, if you've got ten episodes, you have to have five writers. If you've got eight episodes, you have to have four. Unless the exception is if you hire one writer to write the entire season, then uh, they're off the hook on that and it can just be one writer in the room. So, yeah, that's the deal. But for the for the actors, the thing that's really a sticking point on that front is not only AI, but AI for background actors, where you go in and you get scanned. They uh, they put you in this trailer and they have just you know hundreds of cameras set up. They scan you and then for future productions, they can oh. utilize your likeness for background. Oh, so like, a, you know, you like tons of people have gotten their starts being people in backgrounds in movies. Extras, I think they're called. You're saying now that you could, you could, the person in the background may not even really be in the background. Correct. Or, you know, there have been, uh, there have been folks that have been hired under stunt contracts and it's a, a show that's got a high number of special effects, and so we'll have to scan them in case they need to do any CGI, and they've been utilizing some of that for background scenes as well. So, you know, they're trying to win some protections against that because they're afraid of actors being replaced by AI. I don't know how that's going to go. I, I think they're probably going to lose on the background actors front, and, um, you know, they'll probably, they'll probably fold there. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think... Th- the bottom line is that the industry has changed dramatically. The money isn't there like it used to be, and how people are consuming content is different. And so it's like a lot of industries, guys. I mean, it's just it's changed, and um, you know, uh, like it or not, and 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 whether you want it to be that way or not. I mean, look, there's there's plenty of people that are working for companies that used to have great pensions and great benefits, and that's been cut back. It's just sort of the reality of how things progress, and it is sad. And you know, I think we all kind of miss the good old days, but. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with reality. Brian Baker is our guest. We're talking about the writer's strike being over. However, your favorite television shows we joked about earlier still not coming back because, well, the actors, etc., are not off strike yet. Casey, go ahead. Brian, you know, I've been teasing you and I'm really concerned about how this is affecting you. I also have a good friend, Lisa Varga, who has been on strike. I'm curious, how has this affected you? Like the communication process, have you been up to date? Have people been in contact with you or have you been out there on your own to research this? 
No, I've been out on, on my own. I, you get very little. I mean, I didn't even get to see what the WGA had agreed to until this morning. Um, in terms of uh, the negotiation that goes on, I'll get maybe a, a phone call about once a week. Fran Jasher, and it'll be a pre-recorded message <laughs> telling us to, to hang in there and stand strong and, mm-hmm. and be out on the picket lines. Yeah, that's about it. Um, but it, it has had a huge impact on Georgia. It's had a personal impact on me. I was working for a company that provided tracking vehicles um, and uh, and uh, e-bikes, motorcycles for capturing uh, high-speed stunts, car chases, and um, they've had to completely shut down. So, you know, it's caused a career change for me. But, you know, I've had a lot of those in, uh, in my lifetime. Um, but uh, I've got friends that, you know, they're not working. They've blown through their savings. And so, you know, they're, they're looking at maybe having their homes foreclosed on. And it's happening at a time that you know, the cost of living is through the roof, too. So it's been pretty brutal for a lot of folks. Now, more seasoned veterans that have been in, this, in the uh, business for a while, and certainly people that have been successful, they know to plan for seasons like this. They know to, uh, to you know, stockpile and, and put money aside. But there are a lot of folks that don't really make the big money like uh, Jennifer Anderson or yeah. Brad Pitt. And so something like this is pretty brutal for them. Brian, before we let you go, like in the strike, obviously you just mentioned people are losing money. People have been out of work for a long time. Even though the writers have got their side settled now, there's the, the actor's side that's not settled. It could be months more of people not getting paid. Is the what's the saying you have, Casey? The juice worth the squeeze? Yeah. Like is this is the strike here worth? It doesn't seem like they're getting anything big, like monumental. Or hey, we we had to suffer, but wow, it's going to be better going forward. Am I missing something with this? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, if you read the, the WGA's press release, boy, it's the greatest contract ever. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, is it worth it? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly in the in the short term will protect them. But again, like I said, I think some of this AI stuff they've kind of cut their throats on, and it's because nobody really understands it and what it's capable of doing. I think the streamers get it. Um, so, I, look, there's going to be fewer jobs in the future, and technology will continue to advance, and this is gone on since the beginning of the industry. So I don't know whether it was worth the squeeze or not. I mean, I guess if you lost your house, then you'd probably have to say no. Um, but if you're somebody that is uh, is established and this is really going to make a significant difference for your income, certainly if you're a writer and you uh, you work regularly, then yeah, it's a huge benefit. But keep in mind that going into next year, um, the Teamsters contract is going to be up for renewal, so we could be in the spot all over again. Oh, no. Brian, yeah. AI, Hollywood has led the way on a lot of fronts. Do you think that they're actually leading the way in regards to AI? <laughs> No, I, I oh, let's see. I don't want to get in trouble for saying this, uh, but you know, listen. I, I think um, I, I think every single business out there, every industry is exploring what is capable. Because I mean, the, the job of business is to make money, so I'm sure that they are taking a look at, at this technology, what it's capable of doing, and how they can cut costs and increase efficiencies. Um, is Hollywood on the leading front for that? Uh, listen, I. This is this has put a lot of writers uh, on the skids, and and people that are copywriters are losing their jobs and can't get work anymore because they've been replaced by Chat GPT. Uh, we're seeing it happen in uh, in newsrooms. It's been brutal for the journalism industry. So I mean. Yeah, I, I would say that Hollywood is, is looking at it, and they have been leaders in the past with CGI and special effects. It's just that uh, this is the first time that technology that has got this kind of capability where it can replace a human being and and uh, 
do something highly creative. Heck, I've explored with this stuff, and I used to write some really creative, brilliant stuff for WIBC. Mm-hmm. I've taken articles that I wrote for WIBC, plugged them into Chat GPT, and said, "Make this funnier," and I'll be darned if it doesn't turn out wow. being much, much better. Well, hey, look, brother. As long as they need somebody thrown off a building, we know you'll still be employed, and so we're happy <laughs> for that. Brian Baker, you are the best, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Brian. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 945. And we were just speaking about AI with Brian Baker and all the wonderful and productive things that AI can help with. And now it's doing something else. Reimagining the face of Jesus. Well, allegedly, yeah. the face of Jesus. So there is a, it is a very famous artifact. It is called the, the Shroud of Turin. And it is allegedly the cloth that Jesus was wrapped in at his burial in the tomb. And then obviously his crucifixion yeah, and the resurrection, which took place after that. Let's say very clearly out of the gate, there is no definitive proof that that is what this is. It is one of the, one of the great mysteries in humanity today. There is evidence that would seem to support that. There is also evidence that would seem to contradict that. And you could get down a rabbit hole on the Shroud of Turin, and a week later, you could come back and still be 50-50 either way. There's there's supporting evidence mm-hmm. on, on both sides. Yep. The Roman Catholic Church uh, never completely and wholly accepted or rejected I mean, there's, that it's real. Yeah. I mean, look, there's been serious doubts about the, the date what it dates back to the sort of, you know, the DNA testing, et cetera, that they do. Um, but again, it was like the, the, the thing was in a fire. I mean, there's, it's so old and there's just the point on this is though, uh, it is something that has captivated the world for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It has been on display. It has probably by this point been seen by literally millions of people, um, who have made, pilgrimages to wherever it's been on display at to be able to see it to pay tribute to it um and look there are people who are very firm believers in jesus christ who are on both sides of the aisle on this it doesn't make you less of a believer if you say hey look this doesn't the evidence doesn't support that this is what it is but people feel very passionately about it and uh essentially there is a a human print in the shroud of turin where the body was was wrapped in and that is believed by many people to be the face of of Jesus. And so artificial intelligence has now taken that imprint mm-hmm. and has created a, a drawing is not the right word. What, what do you call it with artificial intelligence? It's not a drawing. What is it? it uh, a picture, uh, an, an, an image, image, thank yeah. you, of what that I- image actually looked like as a person yeah well people argue that that wasn't actually the blood of jesus christ it was just actually 
staining from over time being wrapped on his face. Well, that, 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 well and that's what I'm saying is there has been testing of that saying it's not blood, etc. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that, that's, it's all over the map. But if you are a person who believes that that is the, the, the Shroud of Turin is actually the cloth that Christ was wrapped in, then this is of huge interest to you because they have been able to, through artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. take that take the take the shroud and produce an image of what they believe that man looked like. So it shows a man with long hair and a beard and his eyes are open and he's looking directly out. Here's the amazing thing to me, Casey. Yeah. This drawing looks largely like the portraits that you see of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, you always hear, well, Jesus didn't really look like that. Nobody knows. This drawing looks like the, the you know, people are always surfer Jesus or, you know, whatever the saying is to, to describe. This drawing mm-hmm. looks much like that. It, it it does. There's part of his body that you can see as well. So it's, I guess the question is, do you want to know what he looks like? Do you want to know or do you want to wait? Well, I think it's irrelevant to the, to the conversation. I mean, again, there are many people that the Shroud has immense importance too and they are firm believers that that was the cloth he was wrapped in and that those people are totally 100 percent entitled to that in, uh, opinion like I, mike and i were talking about yesterday there's conflicting views both ways again it doesn't in any way make you less or more of a of a believer but it's the acts of christ that matter most and what he stood for and the fact that jesus christ was sent by god to die for the sins of the world so that we can all have the opportunity to live in heaven. He, it is the greatest sacrifice in human history without debate, without discussion. It will always be that. And that is what matters most, not the exact appearance of Christ or what he looked. Look, you have a pretty good idea Mm -hmm. based on the time in which Jesus was born, where he was born, who he was born to. You have a pretty good idea of what Christ looked like, at least, you know, maybe not specific appearance features, but it doesn't matter in the end. It doesn't matter. Do you think that this AI is just a clever sleight of hand? And are you comfortable leaving it up to artificial intelligence to tell you what he looked like? Well, I mean, what are we going to do? Let's say, you know, you look at this photo and, you know, what? If you're, a, if you're a believer and you meet Christ someday and you say, well, that drawing wasn't even close. No, you're not going to be thinking that at all. That's why, look, this is interesting. Obviously, it is going to be of immense interest to a lot of people, which is why we're dedicating radio time to it. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it doesn't It doesn't really matter. Your belief is what matters. And the thing I took away from it is how close this drawing actually is, yeah. or this image or whatever, to what people have, have put out for years. And there's so many people that go, you have no idea what Jesus could have looked like. Right, well, there's no way to prove it one way or the other. <laughs> but it's, it looks like those drawings were pretty spot on. It, it's, it's what you imagine in your mind. And yeah. that's interesting that AI would be able to come that close to what is in your mind. Uh, it, it is very interesting. And the Shroud of Turin is something that has captivated the imagination of people for a very, very, very long time. I don't think in certainly in our lifetimes we're ever going to get a definitive answer one way or another on that. But this is interesting, and a lot of people are going to have opinions on this one way or another. Okay, let's talk about, (laughs) this is quite the uh, segue from Jesus to Britney Spears, what she's got going on these days. Uh, She's been posting a lot of pictures of herself online, dancing with knives. And she 
she has corrected. We went from potentially the image I, of I Jesus to Britney Spears dancing with knives, Casey. Yes, I know we did. Uh, how do you how do you make that segue? We're we're doing the best we can here. She said, "Don't worry, the the knives aren't real." She's just playing around with fake knives because Halloween is coming. Oh, <laughs> it's September, Casey. What do you mean Halloween is coming? Those are her words, not mine. <laughs> She's trying to justify her dance with knives. Okay, so the... the New venture for her. Uh, <laughs> Halloween is coming. Um, there are a lot of people who are weighing in on this because there were people who were very passionate one way or another about whether Britney Spears should have been subject to con- to a continued conservatorship. Sure. And my argument always was, if you were going to let this woman trot the globe and get out on stage and parade herself around then she's an adult and can make her own choices. Conservatorships should be for people who cannot think or speak or fend for, you know, themselves. Oftentimes, you know, it's elderly people or people who have been in, you know, serious accidents of some sort that has impacted their cognitive functions. If you're going to allow Britney Spears to try, you know, to do all these things, then she is clearly of sound mind and body enough to do that. Then she can decide whether to waste her money or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is not a a circus freak. And if you're going to say that she is okay to go out and earn that money, then she's okay to decide how she spends it. So they're reporting that she keeps knives all over her house, and initially it was a form of protection. Yeah. Uh, she she's got them in her bedroom everywhere. People were paranoid that she was going to hurt herself. And now she's saying, no, this is just a thing that I do. These knives aren't real. Don't worry about me. Well, even if I guess if they even are real, Casey, people do way more stupid stuff than play with knives on the Internet each day. And mm-hmm. those people aren't locked up in an insane asylum somewhere. I mean, we we look at and I get that many people are her fans. And, oh, my gosh, we love Britney and we care about her. But she has rights as a citizen of this country. And if she wants to be wild and wacky, mm-hmm. she, it's not like she's poking them at her children or threatening right. somebody with it. So she's not hurting anybody. Right. If she doing wants this. as weird as we might think it is, and somebody ought to go, maybe somebody should check on her and make sure she's okay. The big conversation that I've seen online is they should have never let this woman have access to her own finances, or they should have never removed that conservatorship. Being weird does not mean you shouldn't have access and control over your own life. I mean, we just dilute what that means. And this woman, for years and years and years, had freedom and liberty taken away from her. Mm -hmm. And being a total weirdo, as long as you're not committing crimes or harming other people, she doesn't appear to be harming herself. I mean, she looks fairly well assembled and in good shape and I mean even though she's acting like a weirdo she's not going on (laughs) that's her right to do so she's not going on camera saying I'm going to harm myself or I'm going to stab my neighbor or so what do we have here other than a freak show Uh, so I was about to ask so we're on Britney watch again but have we ever gone off of it People love Britney. Yeah. What can I say? It's wasn't, kinda... wasn't shaved head Britney your favorite Britney? <laughs> no, I think uh, Britney and Justin Timberlake were my favorite Britney. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.